I'm Jo Thompson and I'm Nina Baxter and welcome to your podcast Rich Pickings. I've been absolutely amazed at the response that we've got so far to our first podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened and commented and uh, written to us to say how much they've enjoyed it. It's been wonderful. It's been amazing and the most extraordinary places, places where, you know, I can understand, okay, people listening in Canada, amazing. Yes. United States, amazing. Yes. But do you know where we were number one? And at this point, I'm going to say, please excuse the accent, Terra and Aida. Because that's Estonian for hello and thank you, where we were number one. So I'd like to say hello and thank you in English to our Estonian listeners. Oh, it's it's brilliant. Thank you very much. And thank you for all the ratings and reviews, everyone. It's just fab. And I think the first thing that everybody wants to know, because I think actually I want to know, how did your Christmas pudding turn out? Oh, the Christmas pudding. Well, from what I can remember, because it well, first of all, we forgot to start steaming it. And you couldn't put that Christmas pudding in the microwave because it had coins in. Ah, oh, I told yes. you about the coins. Yes, the coins. So, two hours later, the Christmas pudding arrived and it was edible. It was good. It tasted okay. It tasted good. But it was crumbly. Now, other people who had the same Christmas pudding from me didn't mind the, the crumbles at all. There was one sort of photo of, of one of my um, productions in Switzerland and it was it was crumbly everybody said sorry hold on you sent a Christmas pudding to Switzerland well I sent it with somebody who was going to Switzerland okay I don't think because you're an international Christmas pudding maker there was one in Rome um so I would say that the the over alcoholising of it for a week because do you remember I, I soaked it remember for a whole week um, because I kept running out of time to make the thing um, I think that leads to it crumbling but that doesn't matter it it was edible and it was good and I think I'm I'm growing to like Christmas pudding more and more each year I don't know whether this is something about age God, well, well that pudding. leads what didn't you do a poll on um on Instagram. On Instagram. What I was did. the result of your um, Instagram poll? The poll was, the poll said, so the, the question posed was, would you have Christmas pudding every day if you could? And what was the result? Uh, so the results, mm, two thirds against and one third for having Christmas pudding every month. So, so about 33, 35% yeah, want to eat Christmas pudding every day. That's ridiculous. About that. No, I don't think it's ridiculous. I mean, you eat bread every day you that, eat that, that's a very different thing from christmas pudding christmas christmas pudding every day is is nonsensical i think i don't get it. my father always used to say a little bit of what you fancy does you good exactly yes, so I think mine said the same yeah but actually, we also have some responses to our mince pie debate too. So there was me in the last episode worrying about the fact that I'd been really rude to people by not offering a tray of mince pies accompanied by the sounds of carols and 
tinsel in my hair and all the rest of it and looking like a 50s housewife and everything else that, that comes with the idea of offering food at the door. Anyway, um, turns out nobody really likes mince pies. Or they but very strong opinions. There's no neutral. So ground. it's a marmite of the uh, cake Absolutely. world. It's the coriander of the cake world. The coriander <laughs> of the cake world. How do you feel about? I love coriander. Love coriander. <clears throat> Daughter can't eat it. It says it tastes of soap, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's a, it is a thing. It, I think you have to have a gene to be able to like coriander. But I think cinnamon is the same. I can't. Cinnamon. Oh god, I love cinnamon. No, no. no. <gasps> Which is why. So loads of people wrote in saying they don't like mince pies, and quite a few of them hate mulled wine as well. Yeah. What is that? It's mulled wine is the best got to thing be in the, the world. Cinnamon. Do you like mulled wine? No. Not at all. <gasps> no. What? I mean, why would I want to eat drink hot wine for a start? Oh, no. it's warming. It warms the cockles of your heart. It's like a cup of tea. I would say. It's the best thing about skiing. Mulled wine. Glue vine. Do you like glue vine? Glue vine. No. Mm, no. It's the same. It's the same. Yes, it's, it's the same thing, way. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But the best thing about skiing, I would say, not the skiing at all. That's for another time. I could tell you some skiing stories, but let's just say I'm not very good at standing upright. No. Why would you go on holiday and spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds on it? And that's just to be scared. Going downhill quickly on things that won't keep you upright. So that's interesting that people who don't really like mince pies also don't like mulled wine. And that's got to be the spices, hasn't it? I think. Yeah, it really has. I'm still astounded. It's one of those things I like to think of myself as open-minded, but (laughs) I'm never going to get around the fact that some people don't like mulled wine. No, no. Okay, so what was your best Christmas present you received or that you gave this year? Okay, um, I can give you both. So, so I think best present, I got one of those really long, thin hot water bottles. Oh, they're lovely, yeah. aren't they? You can sort of lay them along the length of you or you can sort of put it over your shoulder. There's, there, that's a good You one. can wrap them around your waist. You wrap them around your neck. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, best present given, well, I gave your book to my mother-in-law and she absolutely loved it. She loved it. Did she just look at the pictures? No, no, she was reading it. (laughs) She was reading it and she said to me, Jo has such an interesting mind. (laughs) She did. That was was so nice of her. No, the best, um, I remember a, uh, a relative of mine walked in and said, oh, yes, I've, I've got your book. Lovely chapter headings. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the, 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 the biggest compliment she could find about it. She was clearly scrabbling around. For, Is that the for... definition of dumbing with faint praise? I would say so. Well, I, I think uh, she needs to read it because uh, it is. I'm just giving you a really good plug here. You know that. Joe's book, <laughs> The Gardener's Palette. You know, out of all the things I've done. So I've written a book. I have made golden zip. Chelsea and some of them have won gold medals and I've done this and I've met I've met the late Queen out of all the things I've done do you know what my children are most proud of me for no the thing that they both came herring down out of their bedrooms to show me I got a like from Kim Kardashian on Instagram <laughs> 
I'm quite insane. Even I was very pleased with myself, but they. That's how I started. What was the post? It was a cream rose, and my daughter was telling me. So it was Macmillan nurse. Yes. Rose was Macmillan nurse. Lovely, beautiful sort of powder puff rose, pinks and creams. And my daughter was telling me that Kim Kardashian's house is actually all sorts of shades of neutral and all very kind of um, very zen apparently. Then I was reading today that her that everything. So if you go if you go there, I don't know if this applies to visitors, but certainly so the people who help her staff there, they they have certain they have colour codes that they can wear, oh. which is an interesting way of of going about things. And I was thinking, really? I wonder if I could. Do that in my house. What was your best moment over Christmas then? Oh, and best moments over Christmas. Did we have any? Did you have any? Best moments over Christmas. Um, uh, best moment over Christmas, I think, was probably my, my dad. He was looking after our cat. We were away. Um, writing to tell me that he had forged a telepathic link with my cat and could tell what he wanted and <laughs> I started I'm now thinking of him as the cat butler that's what I'm calling my dad now and that's a strange moment a strange best moment for Christmas but it's just you know I have to explain my dad's 84 he's a barrister he's he's quite straight laced so to hear him talking about being in telepathic oh, communication with a cat was this- really quite funny Nina's dad your dad is the best yes we need to get we do need to get him on I think I think he he'd, a um, legal spot yes yeah, he'd have a he'd have a lot to say about a lot of things he would he would and actually just talking about cats he did tell me did you know that as an owner you're completely responsible for anything that your dog does because your dog is domesticated but as a cat owner you're not responsible and you can't be legally held responsible because the cat, in law, is a wild animal. So going back to last week's discussion then, does that mean that your cat, even though we absolutely promised we weren't going to mention dog and cat poos, yep. does that mean that the fact that your, your cat comes and drops big ones in, the, in my, well not your actual cat, not my neighbour's cat. cat, comes and does that and leaves me surprises that I don't want in the morning, that's not... So they're not responsible. Absolutely so, not. But what no. if my so if but if my dog went round and did yep. the same trespass? God, yeah. Can a dog trespass? <laughs> <Don't be> ridiculous. <laughs> no, it would be some form of trespass. I think I have to ask. Oh, but need... you are totally responsible for your dog. So if your dog does anything that is antisocial, you're responsible. Like barking at six o'clock this morning. Legally liable for. So it. when I let them out at six o'clock this morning and Basil, yes, the noise pollution. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're back in the garden shed. Back in my garden shed. I love this garden shed. We can see out into your garden, and I'm out looking at all your lovely evergreens. That's... Yeah. We've got a bit of myrtle over there. I have. I have myrtle. Myrtle is one of my favourite evergreen plants because I absolutely love the scent of it. As you brush past it, Mm. it's got a scent that's like nothing else, I think, hasn't it? Very... Herbaceous, but also tangy. Oh, that's a very good description. Mm. I'm looking. I'm currently looking out of the window and looking at um, Nina's what 
I can only describe as myrtle balls. Oh, they are myrtle balls, yeah. They've got a little out of hand. Very, big. very good idea for topiary. Now we're not using box. Yep. You've got quite a few bits of... You've got your pittosporum tom thumb there. Yes. The kind of purpley one. Yep, yep. That makes a good ball. A very good ball. Or a lot of pittosporums make good balls. But myrtle, I use myrtle instead of box. Um... But I think the caveat to that is that you should... I'm in the southeast, and I think uh, I can get away with it here. Yeah. I'm not so sure that if you were up in the north of the country that you would be able to get away with it in quite such quite the same way. Um, but it does make a fantastic clipping plant. It's perfect. What else? Oh, you've got a cypress. Oh, I've got to tell you about my Christmas wreath. Which oh, yes. I have posted photos. I'll post more photos so people can help me out with this. So I went on a bit of a foraging expedition mm. and found a fallen tree. And it had fallen down. The weight of the snow had um, made this Scots pine fall over. Oh. Anyway, so I gathered some branches and tied them all together with florist twine. Which oh. I had handily in the drawer of CRAP. Do you have a drawer? I, I do. I think everyone does, doesn't oh, it? Those drawers yeah. of real glory holes. Yeah. Anyway, I knew this florist twine was in there. So I, I got these branches. I laid them out in a circle when I got home. Tied them all together. Stuck about... I found some holly in the garden. And there was one... I found one berry <laughs> in the whole of the garden. Anyway, put that in. So tied it all together. Perfect circle. Hung it up. And it drooped oh, into no. a sort of droopy shape. Oh, no. And it has sort of got like, a, it's a heavy bottomed wreath. And I need to know, uh, next year, I need to know how to do that properly. Well, you need some stability, presumably. Mm, don't we all? Yes, we do. Well, we need a florist. We need somebody to tell us, what do you use to stabilise your circle? I mean, lots of people have frames. I know that. But then I saw somebody um. the other day had not used a frame and they just need to go on a course. What about if you wind... Whippy willow bits first. Yes. So you create your own yeah. living frame. Well, that, I think you should go on a course. Yeah. Finding whippy willow bits would require yeah. more than two minutes preparation and yeah. thought and yes. five minutes actually doing, which is what the whole process turned out to be for me. I'm not very patient. No, no, neither am I. I've never made a wreath in my life. No. That's why I prefer crocheted knitting. <laughs> would you? Sorry, would you believe that? Did you ever think those words would come out of my mouth? <laughs> crochet is quicker. Uh, well, I honestly say I've never, never crocheted, but um, I do remember knitting. I remember knitting as a child. I knitted a scarf for my grandfather, and it started off sort of this big, and I'm holding up my fingers, and it's about sort of ten centimeters, and then by the end of it. It was about this wide. About, so it was about, about two feet wide. Four, yes, exactly. How that happened, I have no idea. Oh, but um, we need some, we need some less crafts. Perhaps we should do more crafts in the new year. Well, I bought, at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought, oh, I need something to, I think, stop me eating biscuits, probably. Um, and so I, I bought a very large cushion tapestry kit because oh. I thought I can do that and obviously it's it's now however many years what was that March 20 so coming up for three years <laughs> and it has sat not only have I not done more than a row it's still sitting by the chair 
that I sit in in the creature of habit waiting center, for waiting you. for oh. <laughs> every three years on one row and it's staring at me giving me good maybe this context. is the year maybe this what will be I the do? year that you do it yeah if I can see it well so do you remember what I did at the beginning of lockdown tap dancing no oh that was me I was um, you I did I did a cat psychology oh course. yes Yes. Doctor. Doctor Feline. Doctor Feline. Okay, listeners, what you don't know. <laughs> Listen, Nina is a qualified cat psychiatrist, which is actually a thing. Psychologist, and, oh, not psychiatrist. <laughs> I can't prescribe cats with medicine. Just <laughs> come and lie on your couch. Yes, if only they could. Um, yeah, it, it was a thing I did. Yeah. yeah, what did you learn from that? Do you well, think that's made you much better with with your own? I think own. it has. I I definitely think I'm a cat whisperer now. I think it also helps me with clients who have cats because I go around to people's houses now, and if they have cats, very often they come to me, and the owner will say, "Oh, well, they never like anybody else who comes around." And I think, yeah. And do you say because I'm a cat psychiatrist? Do psychologist. You, oh, do you say that's because I'm a cat psychologist? No, no, I don't. I don't. I just say oh, I love cats. Perhaps you could have a badge. Yeah, yes. a badge. I could decide. And, and of course, this leading on from our discussion about catios the other day. You then, um, could actually have letters after your name. I could. What are the? Le- what are you? QCP. <laughs> Qualified <laughs> cat. <laughs> I shall, I, perhaps I'll just do that and then I'll, no, no, no. I'll let people ask me what that stands no, for. No, no, no. The great thing about the 21st century and post-truth or whatever we are now is you can say what you like. Say what, what you like. like. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, and, we, and, and I think I will from now on. I think that's going to be... But actually, talking about this though, when you have a new... Are you going to make resolutions? I know what I'm not going to do. Okay. That's a start. I am not going to make a resolution that says I do this kind of exercise oh. every day for two weeks. Because guaranteed, after three days, yeah. you're knackered, you've hurt your ankle, and and you're fed up with it. So I would say, mm-hmm. and this is the genius thing that I've discovered. Well, I think I've discovered. I don't know if it works yet because I've only done it twice. It's just do a little bit of something every day rather than a whole streak or whatever they, they, they call it now. You know when you have to do yep. not streak like taking off your clothes and running around with <laughs> it. <gasps> do you remember that song? Do you remember that song? Who is it? It was Ray somebody. It's called the streak. I'm not gonna say it's a uh, it, it's it's the song like Here I am standing in the fruit and vegetables and there we came naked as a jaybird. Oh yes I really really do not remember this but I'm going to have to look it up. I Here it comes Booger Booger there he goes. Booga booga. Has he been playing the claws? Is that something? Anyway, I'm sure this sorry. wasn't a fever dream. No, I think I had the record. I it was one of my first records along with Long Haired Lover from Liverpool. And the Wombles of Wimbledon Common, oh, which was mine. And mm. Wombling, have yourself a Wombling Merry Christmas, has had many plays this, this Christmas. Oh, but I've got another candidate. Uh, another candidate for who we should be more of. Okay, um, okay. I'm going to say. From now you know my one of my favourite ever, ever, ever films is with Nail and I. Correct. Right. So and I know that the reason I'm interrupting, but I know and the reason I know that is because in this garden shed, which is a very 
Smart. It's a plush garden shed. Garden shed. Yeah. Is it more of a room? Mm. Is the is a video with um? I think you'll find no it's not mind. a video. It's a DVD. DVD. Yes, yes. I call it. I <laughs> okay, my children still get cross with me for telling them to tape something. Tape, tape something. something. Yes. Tape something. Um, yes. So with an Earl and I. So I'm so with an Earl and I. So I'm going to say I'm going to say we should be more Richard E. Grant. Oh, I love Richard E. Grant. He's so indefatigably upbeat, positive, oh. even even through terrible times that he's been through. And what made me think of him was I read an article yesterday, was it, about um, what inspired him to be a performer. And, and of all the things to think of, it was, it was going to see Max Bygraves. No one will remember who Max Bygraves oh, is, Max I think. Bygraves. At the Palladium. And, um, the London Palladium. The London Palladium, yeah, not the Bournemouth Palladium. The London Palladium. And I thought it was such a lovely, it was such a heartwarming story and everything he writes is heartwarming heartwarming there oh. that's my phrase about richard e grant maybe we should yes so see well isn't his book called a pocket full of happiness i so, think that's right yeah oh, he, he takes so, everything in his stride and he he is very positive very, isn't he yes and i would say i'm thinking about I'm thinking about richard e grant i'm also just while you're on the subject of max bygrave oh right <laughs> Max Bygraves used to live in Bournemouth. I'm pretty sure about this. And Max Bygraves, for people who don't know who Max Bygraves is, he was a, or it was. He was an all-rounder. He was an all-round entertainer, wasn't he? He was in, he was the sort of Bruce Forsyth, Des O'Connor. Yes. He was in that ilk. Jimmy Do we have those anymore? Ooh. Oh, we need to think. We need to think about that. Anton Dad. No, because they don't well, well, sing and dance, well, or do they? It's, it's debatable whether or not they sing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, mm. but going back to Max Bygrave, so he, he used to live in Bournemouth, and the Bournemouth Palladium, no, Bournemouth Pavilion. Pavilion. Bournemouth Pavilion. Okay. I saw Max Bygrave's, I had quite, um, so my theatre going as a child, it, there was quite a sort of eclectic range of things I was taken to see. Silla Black, oh. Little and Large Show, Little and Large. I think I saw Ken Dodd, Lulu. Ah, uh, Ken Dodd was mm. another. Also, I saw Ken Dodd in Bournemouth. Weirdly, at the what? Walking well, along or, been, or doing a show? Doing a show. It must have been the Pavilion, <gasps> I which think. was also the scene of where I. <laughs> wrestled Tony Hadley from Spandau Ballet to the ground and gave him a big smacker on the chops after that concert. And, and, <laughs> was there, I think I was about Was 16. there a restraining order placed upon you? <laughs> Probably. I tried to tell him. He did this, he did this um, concert a few years ago. Well, it was, a, it was a sort of charity lunch. He was singing at that. And I, afterwards, there was a, a photo signing and I, I went and told him this story and he looked at me. I thought he might fall about laughing or or something. He just looked at me like I was really, really strange. I thought, oh, that's the God. last time I tell a pop star a little sort of <laughs> anecdote about them. If I ever meet Simon Le Bon, not going to be telling him my anecdote. Oh, I don't know if I have one. I'd like to have an anecdote about Yes, Simon well, we know all about Simon Le Bon. And... <laughs> Didn't he write you a letter once? No. Was it his agent? No. No, Oh Boy wrote me a letter. The magazine. Do you remember there used to be those magazines? Yeah, like Jackie. Jackie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh Boy. And I, 
in my attempts, age 15, in my attempts to meet Simon Le Bon, I thought I would write to a variety of institutions, people, yeah. um, and to, to ask if I could meet him. And one of, and I know this because some of these places even bothered to reply. So I've got yeah. a letter from Oh Boy saying, very sorry, we've had 25 people asking um, this, this week. <laughs> Only 25. But, but then the best one is, I was looking through these letters that I found the other day when I was here, and I've got one, <laughs> one from Woman's Own. I'd even written to Woman's Own. Who, as you sign in Levon. As covering all bases. <laughs> really well. Yeah, I really should try everybody. I'll try a magazine for old <laughs> ladies. I'll just... <laughs> Yeah, so are we agreed? Well. Are we agreed that this week we're going to be more Richard E. Grom? Yes, and this is meant to be because. So uh, the other day I had a bit of a, a disaster with my tea bag. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but tea, you know, anyway, it it exploded in oh, yes. my yeah, in yeah, my yeah. mug. It does happen. and I couldn't be bothered to faff about and change it. Anyway, so well, so I, you just left it and drank the tea. I took the tea bag out, but okay. then I. I kind of left all the you know tea leaves or whatever and thought afterwards because obviously I had very little else to do. Oh, I wonder what my tea leaves mean. And as I looked at it, you know, like people see the face of Jesus in, in a piece of toast. Yes. Like that. Yep, yep. Anyway, I looked at this and I thought, there's a face in there. I don't know who it is, <laughs> but there's a face. So I put it on Instagram. And my goodness, <coughs> the people. So we had, I said, who do you see? And it was a bit slow to get going at first. I think people were a bit nervous or thought that I was being a bit kind of like, oh, can you see Jesus in my tea, bit, uh, in my tea leaves? Yeah. But not. Anyway, and um, so we had Karl Marx, somebody saw Betty Boot, and then some, somebody just saw Monty Don, but somebody saw Richard E. Grant. And as really? I really looked at it, I thought, oh, yeah, maybe that is Richard E. Grant. Need to see, is there somebody who knows him who could show him... This well, maybe maybe Richard's is. listening. Richard, if you're listening, I need you to look at Joe's Instagram account and tell us whether you think this is you in the tea leaves. So coming back to what you were saying about Myrtle and Cyprus and that that shrub there that I'm pointing to is another form of Pittosporum that has amazingly scented flowers and very, very early on, actually. And I, I would say that... Having some really good evergreens in your garden, or a good decent amount of evergreens and, in your garden, and 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 and, and, and yes, yes, yes to the evergreens. I must admit, so that shrub that you've just that pittosporum, which now I'm pointing at and nobody can see, sort of, sort of looks fairly nondescript in the winter, doesn't it? Completely, somewhat, just looks like mm. a green shrub. Shrub. Mm. One of my one of the things I dread is when I go and see clients' gardens in the winter, or in fact any time of year, and they'll po- point to a nondescript shrub. And say, what's that shop? I don't know. I don't know. It's green. It's got leaves. I need to know. Well, you need one of those really clever apps where you surreptitiously take a photo and it tells you what it is. Some are good. Some are not so good. Some are not so good. Um, But but going back to good plants to have, I've got a clematis in my garden which hasn't flowered. Every year I thought I'm just going to take it down. It's been in the shade. Hasn't flowered for eight years. And I'd forgotten what it was even, but it did make nice green leaves and it's yeah. evergreen, so I thought oh, I'll leave it. Anyway, it has flowered for the <gasps> first time this year. Wow. And it is, I think, well, it's one of two. It's Clematis cirrhosa. Yes. I think that's the how you Yellow flowers. C I R R H O S O, which is like yeah, cirrhosa. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think that means? Like livery. Livery 
live well, with Well, that would work with it being yellow, if it is yellow. But it's cream. Okay. And I think it might be Jingle Bells. Oh, it's got Bill Mackenzie. No, no, no. Okay, no. it's cream. It's got these nodding bells, and it looks a bit like Jingle Bells. Although then I went down a rabbit hole of research, and it might be something called Eureka Valley. Oh, Eureka Spot. Not Eureka. Eureka, which is O U R. Oh, okay. Eureka. 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 Okay. We could try saying that again to each other many times. Yes, we could. But um, it's brilliant, and you've got to have it, and it's so pretty. Well, but have we got to have it if it's going to take us eight years to flower? Mm, true. But it's why do you think it's flowered this year then? What um, are the changing conditions? Do you think it's reached more light? I think. Weirdly, what happened was the fence fell down. The fence against which it's growing mm. fell down in some wind we had last... Yeah, recently. No, like a year... Wasn't there a big windy time, like well, a year lots ago? Lots of windy times. <laughs> That's the story of 2022. But the... Um, Anyway, the fence fell down, so we had to take down all the stuff that was climbing up it. And you know, my God, there's a yep. lots of climbers. Yeah. So... Everything that climbed up, it got taken down and then put up again. So maybe it just got a bit of a sort of nudge and a shuffle round. And that was enough to give it a bit of a, you know, like kick-starting a car or something. Yeah, I maybe. don't know if this is a gardening thing, but I don't see why not. Just because nobody's written about it before. I don't know why. I don't see why it couldn't be a thing. Absolutely. Or maybe it just got some more light or some more... Could have done. Yeah. Could have done. It's moved really, into really, a different really, position. It's really, 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 really pretty. Yeah. And, and I imagine it just really lifts your spirits at this time of year. That's the thing about winter plants, isn't it? Oh, yeah, because while well, it's so great, oh, so great. I mean, this Christmas period of wet, yeah. what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I know well, we had a really cold snap, didn't we? And then, and then wet. Um, but I think the other thing about winter plants, and this is, we can continue our discussions about what to do and what not to do in your garden but I think what not to do is is actually anything I think at this time of the year you just want to leave it all alone but scented plants I think is the key to having a lovely garden in winter scented winter yeah. plants like okay my favorite is the shrubby honeysuckle Lanicera winter beauty Oh, that's or Lunisera ex Purpusei fragrantissima. Which again, they look a bit rubbish in the they, summer. They are very boring shrubs during the rest of the year, but they have teeny tiny scented little yellow flowers, and my goodness, the scent is to die. Do you for. think you need a big garden in order to have the luxury of these shrubs that just look so boring the rest of the year? Well, They're some not... of them, but I would say have a Daphne. I mean, oh. Daphne uh, Oreo Marginata. It just makes me laugh because I know, I'm pretty sure that we, we had a, we a neighbour when I was young who always used to ask us to go and sniff her Daphne. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Uh, I think every, every garden is big enough to have for, a a, for a Daphne-like or a marginata, I think. You know, something that smells amazing. And, the, and a sarcococca. As we would for earlier. Another really boring shrub that looks okay. A boring you... shrub but lovely in the winter. Yeah. And actually if you go for something like Hookeriana, which has got slightly pinky stems, mm. it's a more attractive plant than 
Confusa, Circa called Confusa, which is very, very, very green and just green. Do I Confusa where, now, as somebody who did do Latin A-level, I should know what com- Confusa means. Do you think it means like mixed? Why would it be, where's it, we'll find out, we'll find out Yes, the next well I time. had the book, I used to look these up on um, where the names came from. I mean some of them are, obvi- are obvious, aren't they, you know, Silvatico and so on, but there are others... I don't know. Sylvatica being wood, wooded. Yes, woodlandy. Confuser. Oh, we'll have to look that up. We'll have to. I'll tell you what I'm not doing in the garden this week. And what I'm not doing is not, I'm not not wearing sunscreen. In other words, I am wearing sunscreen. <laughs> for okay. <laughs> okay. Because from now on, I'll have you know, my friend, I am going to be wearing sunscreen because I had a bit of a scare. It's all fine. Um, but um, where a dermatologist thought, said to me, oh, I'm going to well, want to whip that off your face. And ouch. <laughs> and and anyway, and she said to me, um, uh, did you did you did you sunbathe for a for a long time? Oh, it, you know, in, in your didn't youth? we all in the 70s, God, 80s? I used to. Lie. Well, I used to go to sunbeds. I used to lie. I used to slather myself in olive oil and then have a bit of tin foil. Yes, tin foil. I know. Kind of reflecting. And I did that until one day my mum came home and said, if you started roasting a chicken, shout it out. Is anybody roasting a chicken? And we realised that was the smell of me roasting in the sun. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, so, yeah, bit of a worry. Everything's fine. But I would say definitely sunscreen from now on that's very good advice so even at this time of year yeah or every time or or when you go outside just even a tiny bit sunscreen Mm. i don't think i'll go down the large hat in winter but i'm thinking in the summer i'm going to be rocking a big sort of hat maybe veil (laughs) (laughs) a big brimmed yeah from now on maybe that'll stop me getting that's very very good advice so anyway that's what i'm not 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 Doing. Okay. <laughs> so what have we learned this week from our rich pickings? What are the rich pickings that we're going to take away with us? Oh, I've learned that you strangely went to see Max Bygraves in the same town. Ken Dodd. Ken Dodd. I saw Ken Dodd. You saw okay. Max Bygraves. So clearly you haven't learned that at all. We're very much telling everybody what our age is. That's I'd say evergreen is... Evergreens. All about evergreens. And, and scented winter plants. And don't make a Christmas wreath without knowing what you're doing. Yep. Always wear sunscreen. In the words of the song. And we need to know who's in the tea leaves. So thank you for listening to Rich Pickings this week. Please join us again and share it. Share it with your friends if you've enjoyed it. Give us a rating if you've enjoyed it. We've loved having you here. I'm going to say a massive thank you to Matt Baxter for editing this as ever. A labour of love, for sure. Uh, Definitely a labour of love. Thank you, Matt. We'll see you next time.